Illicit Chit Chats aims to make information accessible to everyone. The podcast transcripts are available on illicit.wordpress.com for the hearing impaired or if you prefer to read instead. Thank you for engaging. My name is Reynas and welcome to Illicit Chit Chats. My mind's about to burst in this lovely October weather in Pretoria. It's been cuddle weather since October began, so I'm not as happy about the skyrocketing temperature for tomorrow. Funny how cuddle weather seems to end right in the middle of October. Anyhow, <laughs> my mind's been working overload trying to figure out how to maneuver the dynamics of group discussions. Cue the introvert memes. <laughs> group discussions are no for me, and I'll tell you why. I am a self-proclaimed no. I'm an introvert, period. I don't know how to hang out with a large group of people. I'm the type of person to disappear into the background because I don't speak a lot when I'm, you know, um, in a group discussion. It's going to sound a little sad, but I disappear because I don't get a chance to speak. Sometimes it gets to me because I have a lot of afterthoughts about conversations that took place when I was sitting or hanging out with a group of people. I could have said this, I could have said that, that one was wrong because, that one was right because. And I feel it sets me back in life sometimes because I keep getting stuck at that one place in my mind that I've already gone over the day before. And I will question why I didn't say something and then it will lead to questioning my abilities to socialize. And if I don't care or if I didn't care, it wouldn't have bothered me. But now I'm stuck at some, why do I get paralyzed socially? You know? I don't get the chance to speak because my brain doesn't exactly know how to function appropriately when people speak over each other. And this is something that happens in most social situations. You don't get a chance to speak. You know, information overload, opinions filling the brain, and you're just malfunctioning because you do not know how to make any words come out of your mouth. Like, your jaw is completely tight. Those who have read Lord of the Flies would know that the conch idea is the ideal situation for me when it comes to participating in any kind of group discussion, be it like social situations, we're sitting, we're chilling, and we're talking. And people are just going on and on and on and you know everyone is just putting in their opinions and and, 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 and I kid you not. I'm that random person who will stick up her hand when people are going on and on about something. I can't just adjust my volume and also start shouting over people because people are loud guys and my body won't let my voice go over a certain decibel unfortunately. On the other hand I don't like drawing attention to myself, especially when I'm with people I don't know, and no goes deep for me. If you've seen me dance before you, you kinda know me. Actually no, <laughs> you don't know me, let me not set that in stone. Let's just say you're just familiar to me and I'm semi-comfortable with you. I don't like drawing attention for the same reason I mentioned before. Later, I'll wish that I never opened my mouth because I thought maybe I was being dramatic, maybe I said too much or I didn't say the right thing and now Mulefe thinks I'm an idiot or my mind is just gonna go over what is that one thinking about me. 
Or now they think that the, I'm this type of person while I'm really not. We've covered this in the first episode. <laughs> I suffer from existential crisis because of my sometimes crippling anxiety. And it gets me before, during, and after the conversation. And I don't know if there's a cure. Right now, staying quiet is my solution. <laughs> but you know, that that's like the negative side for me um, when it comes to groups and me not being able to maybe voice out my opinion or speak. I say for me because that's how I end up feeling. I feel negative about that, about that you know? I feel like it's a problem sometimes. But then some random day, the planets align, the, rain the, the, the rainbow is arcing over those poofy white things in the sky and I stay quiet because I realize that I don't have to say a damn thing. And that day comes when people are discussing certain life events or certain situations that I relate to or that apply to me. And I give myself a pat on the back because firstly, I manage to protect my peace. That's the goal in it, keeping thy peace intact. Secondly, people will say whatever and think whatever they want, concluding from what you said or what you didn't say. So it really wasn't worth saying anything, was it? Third, um, it's my business, not ours. Therefore, I don't feel the need to say anything. And I feel like it's a double-edged sword because what if you happen to be in a, a discussion about something that maybe you're discussing binaries of life. You happen to be at one end of that spectrum and me, I'm on the opposite side of that spectrum. You don't, I don't know if you're aware or maybe you're not aware and then I'll be sitting there you're here talking about one, two, three, one, two, three, you know? Not knowing that this kind of applies to my life. In that moment, I kind of wonder, like, I like to sit and observe. And I observe every little thing. I listen, you know? Because I like to educate myself in how people think. And I won't generalize and say that people think the same. I like to listen to different opinions because I feel like it educates me as well to say that oh but some people feel like this because not all people feel like that. When it comes to those kind of conversations it will so happen that they're talking about this thing and I'm there and it applies to me. I would never speak. I would listen but then I'm on my way home. And then I think about the conversation that took place and I'm like, why didn't I speak? It's a double-edged sword because what if what they're saying is wrong? What if they're speaking out of ignorance or they're misinformed or something? What if all blondes don't have fun? What if all girls don't feel like their period is the worst thing in the world? Because when it comes to me, I have my opinion, but I cannot speak on behalf of a whole group of people. But isn't it also my duty, kind of, to, what was the word they used to use in school? Psychoeducate people. But then 
I think about the implications of me letting you in when I do that. And me, I'm going to protect myself sometimes, you know. Sometimes when you don't speak, when you don't speak up, they'll decide on your opinion. But if you don't verbally speak or physically do, which answer is it? Pondering about this on my own is just, it's not something that I can do. It's not nice to ponder things in the wee hours of the morning with no sleep in sight. Especially about how you are doing in the world out there, knowing fully well the world inside is so damn comfy. Thus, I invited my friend. So, hi, Z. <laughs> Hi Raina, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. It's a little late, early, but okay, we're doing this. Yeah, um, but uh, I was pretty like excited to do this, um, even if I had to like come in at twelve o'clock because you know that I took some medicine earlier on because my tonsillitis was acting up. But I am excited to be here. Thank you very much for doing this. You're my first... No, wait. Yeah, you're my first guest guest. <laughs> I'm happy to be your first guest. So today I wanted to talk about... Um, you know how in situations you're sitting with a group, right? It's just an awkward moment where people are discussing something, certain aspects about life. Maybe not knowing that this... Yeah aspects are things that you relate to or that kind of speak about something about you maybe they're not aware of it or maybe like there's that one friend who knows like you know and how do you feel when that happens um i think it's a very like it's a very awkward situation because Obviously, in that moment, you have to decide whether you're going to disclose the fact that you have experienced whatever they're discussing or decide to keep it to yourself. And each decision comes with its, you know, pros and cons. Because if you decide to keep quiet, then you hear them maybe make, they might make comments that are going to offend you. Yeah. Especially if they're speaking from a position of observing and not having actually experienced whatever they're discussing. And if you speak up, then people now know this personal thing about you, you know? And in the time that we, we live in, um, disclosing like personal things within like a group, especially I'd, I'd say maybe if it's not completely a setting where it's like your friends, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe it's just, you know, colleagues or whatever it may be, then now they suddenly know this private thing about you and, you know, you, you don't know whether you, you can trust them to mm-hmm. keep it to themselves because I've been in, in, in a situation uh, many times where perhaps I mentioned something um, that was personal mm. and then when we're in a group setting and maybe the topic is discussed the person will be like oh Z also went through something similar and now everybody's looking at you you know and maybe you don't want to yeah. disclose 
yeah, any any information with those people regarding whatever that personal topic may be. But you can't stop people from, you know, discussing sensitive topics when when there's a group of people something will always be discussed. That's you know? true, that's true. So mm-hmm. the question is if they are talking about say I'm yeah. sitting with a group of people who like pastel colors and I like my blacks and whatnot and they're speaking yeah. about people who like their darker colors that's not exactly a personal situation it's just generalizing but they might be yeah. saying certain things that I don't want to say are ignorant but that's just how they feel mm-hmm. with the experiences that they have had with people who like their darker colors do i in that moment stay quiet or do i speak because i feel like i cannot speak on behalf of everyone who likes darker colors but do i also have an obligation to maybe let these people know are you you saying like uh, from a position from mm, sorry from a position of representation yes kind of like do yeah. i have an obligation or can i stay quiet and if i don't stay quiet i don't know does it blow up in my face with the people who do like yeah. darker colors like like what, what do you think okay i'm gonna make a very <laughs> i'm gonna make a very controversial example okay in the case of religion right okay so let's say I'm amongst, uh, like, you know, there's different cat- categories when it comes to Christianity. So yeah. I'll just say, like, I don't know, um, they're discussing traditional beliefs, mm-hmm. right? By traditional beliefs, I mean, like, African traditional beliefs. Like, for me, firstly, in that sort of situation, you might be a bit skeptical because you're the only person who's representing the other the in inverted commas the other side yeah right when that's the case there's there's just that apprehension of being ganged up on you know Mm -hmm. because if everybody is of one perception and you come you know from the outside Mm -hmm. then you're not exactly on equal footing so there's that um but it also depends on how open-minded the people that you're with are mm-hmm. i've been in situations where this exact conversation is happening um sometimes i just kind of like wait and see how they're reacting or how they're discussing obviously the one with the majority the one the belief that holds the majority will kind of have like a biased view so i'll i'll just like observe for a while and see how exactly they're reacting and see that is there a space for me to have that discussion and it will be taken in as it is or it will be i don't know condemned or twisted whatever yeah. maybe if I find that, okay, uh, there's no space, this isn't a safe space for me to speak about that, then I'll just, you know, uh, I'll relax and keep quiet and listen. But if I find that it's a space where I feel safe to speak about it, then I will. Oh, wow, that's deep. 
<laughs> For me, I just keep quiet. I do have my afterthoughts to be like, but I should have said something. But it's all I'm always careful yeah. with who it is because this is something that always happens to me. Like, it, I don't want to say it happens on a daily basis, but because I'm not, yeah. because I'm introverted and I'm not really close to many people, but I do sit there, you know, with them because we're social beings. Also, it's a matter of keeping your business to yourself. Which is something that I always have a conversation about, and there are certain things that yeah. I'll share, but I won't say, "Oh, this happened," blah blah blah. You know, like go into detail about it. No, there was no need to say that because that's nobody's business. Like, you know. Yeah. Um. No, I agree with you. So it's like you have something to hide, you know. Yeah. You know what? No matter what a person has to say. There will always be some negative reaction or response mm. to it. Even what you have to say is uplifting other people so that their voices can be heard. When you get attacked so many times, you eventually just decide, you know what? If I'm going to get this sort of backlash, it's going to end up affecting you individually as a person. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're having our conversation, or they're having their conversation, and me and you are sitting in that group. And they're talking about something that I know about you that maybe they don't know about you. Do yeah. you think? How do you feel about people who are like, "Why didn't you say anything?" It's fine to discuss it, obviously afterwards to ask me like, um, "I saw that you didn't mention anything, and I know that you've experienced that." Then I can say for myself, you know, that I didn't feel comfortable saying anything. It's okay for that person to ask me. Uh, out of curiosity, and the thing is, I won't lie. Even I'm not, <laughs> I'm not innocent. I have been in situations where I hadn't taken something as seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't received it as seriously as it was given to me, and I spoke about it in that sort of manner. Like, oh no, so and so also can relate to this or she went through something similar obviously that person has every right to be angry with me yeah because of these incidents i've tried to be more aware and you know there's actually something that i've always wondered so in having that person that you confide in about everything what happens when you confide in that person about things that were confided in with you are we allowed to have those sort of communications because sometimes you know you just want to get things off your chest they say that therapists have therapists because they get overloaded with all of this information it's the same with us maybe you're talking to be to me about a certain thing then i would kind of go to someone who Consult. Yeah, I would consult someone else and be like, "Yes, it's not going to be just anybody." So, yes, exactly. So it's like there's this level. There's still this. There's still this level of guilt, even as you discuss it or you consult with your confidant. I don't know. I almost feel like there's a blurred line, but at the same time, there isn't. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean because it'll be kind of odd if. We know the same person, me and my confidant, and then I'm afraid that my confidant will look at you like, you know, like he know, he or she knows something. 
Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it, it's a difficult one there. I'm just thinking about those people. You're sitting with a group of people, and this person just happens yeah. to be. I just want to know why are you being this person? Because when you're with me and we're alone, you're not this person. But you kind of wanna. Yeah. You have verbal diarrhea about. You know that song by Avril Avril Lavigne, "Complicated." Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's basically the same chat. People just behave differently around specific sorts of people. It's not funny, but I find it hilarious because I don't know how to address it and be like, "Why did you do that?" I feel like this is part of the reason why I don't want to socialize in a group, even if. <laughs> really, like I've been embarrassed so many times, and I'm like, if only I could speak up. You want to kind of call them out in front of people, but you don't want to be. Uh, you don't. You don't want. You're not that person, you know. But then you're like, hey, uh, dude, this is not okay. But just so that they know that this person is acting up right now, like you know, you want to wave your flag and say, okay, red flag here. But you can't do yeah. that. Uh, I think with me personally. Sometimes I'll call that person out and be like, ah, 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 "Don't do that! Mm. Don't do that!" And then the person will apologize and realize, "Oh, I shouldn't miss," you know. But then sometimes I'll just—I guess you have to gauge for yourself. Sometimes I'll just keep quiet, and then afterwards I'll be like, "Hey, I didn't really like," you know. But sometimes I think, "Yo, people need to be," because. If you just tell them on the side, sometimes they won't really take it seriously. But if you call them out um, while they're within the group, they'll feel a bit of, um, even though it's not a nice thing, they'll feel a bit of humiliation, but it, it will at least get through to them that, no, she really doesn't like this. Yeah. You know? I don't know, man. We, you know what? I've gotten to a point where sometimes I decide that there are specific things that I will decide yo i need i need to confide in somebody mm-hmm. and then there are the more serious 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 things that i feel like are too hectic i'll just journal them yeah because sometimes it's just best not to tell people yeah i know because <laughs> i've also been in situations i'm a very open person uh if you ask me about it I'd say I, I disclose certain information if you ask me, but if I sit with you, I would not. But I think basically the crux of it is that the way the way in which we communicate mm-hmm. with one another, whether it's in a group setting or face to face, one person to one person, it's about understanding boundaries. It's about mm. being in a safe space. If you want to, you know, express yourself, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's basically the crux of this this conversation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think that's all. Yay! I'm gonna. I want that. Uh, you know, the little kids. Yay! That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I want that so much. Safe House Initiative is an NPO that is based in Peter Maritzburg. The NPO helps people who are dealing with mental health issues in any way that they can. They go to schools and give people's books and educate them about anything that regards mental health. 
They also host events in Peter Maritzburg as well as other places. Here they cater to both men and women, where they offer safe places for them to talk about how they have been affected by life's pressing matters. Safe House is on Instagram at safe underscore house underscore initiative. Visit Safe House Initiative on Instagram to find out more information about what they do, about their events, and if you're feeling a little down and you need a little more enthusiasm or motivation, this is the page for you to go to. Thank you so much for speaking to me. I enjoyed speaking to you, Ringnet. Thank you for having me as your first guest on your show. Uh, I feel honored. Oh, <laughs> I hope wow. you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I hope your show continues to grow and grow and grow and you get more and more followers. Thanks, Zee. Can you please say your socials now so that people can follow you? Okay, you, you can follow me at uh, Yenguayo underscore crown. It's spelled Y-E-N-G-W-A-Y-O underscore crown, which is you know, normal spelling. <laughs> um, otherwise, if you guys want to see my photography sites, it's uh, Z, it's Z, Wins, it's, it's Z Winter Rose, W-I-N-T-E-R-R-O-S-E. It's that time. I watched three of Nzanzi's scary flicks that are available on Showmax. Mind you, I don't do scary movies by myself. For reasons, of course. But I felt brave enough to do it this time. During the day. For reasons. It was worth it. Because I got to see different takes on the horror genre in South Africa. It's safe to say there's so much diversity here that we can't do the standard demon thing. The perceptions of demons differ, some don't even believe in them, so making a horror film in SA, I think, is a difficult thing to do in terms of who will watch it. Unless you link it to something that used to be part of our childhood, and that's a topic for another day, we will definitely get excited to see it, immediately. Because A, some of us were traumatized by the stories we were told when we were younger, stories we told each other, B, Every culture has, you know, their own folklore of basically the same thing. I think Divotermais is somewhat equivalent to some scary mermaid that I used to hear about. Something about you'd see her in your bathtub. I don't even remember what they used to call her. Another thing is that we're so used to watching international things, so if you don't exactly put it on par with the psychotic things they bring out, we might not find it maybe scary enough. But I think something that has an element that we relate to as South Africans is what pulls us in, what what drags us in. And then comes how effective the production is to make the story, let's say, fine, scary. So Showmax put on a local Fright Night list in April. And since it's the month of Halloween, I'm doing a quick review on the stories of Rage, Parabell, and Pinky Pinky. You'll find a full review sometime later on the Elisa website. These three films do have that familiar thing that I'm talking about. You know, the thing that is basically so relevant to us that we know, like, okay, we already know what the movie is going to be about. Rage is about a group of 
matriculants going on holiday, which is a tradition for the matrix in South Africa. It's almost like a festival, a rager, going on a bender, drinking, partying, etc., etc. Because you are done with matric now and you celebrate your freedom. So one of them invited their friends to stay at his family's beach house while they'll be attending rage, right? And the films start at a party where we meet the teenagers. We have Kyle, Sithe, Leon, Tamsin, Neo and Roxy. We get a little bio for each, which is obviously important to the story, but no spoilers here. <laughs> anyway, it's all neon, slow-mo dancing and a failure trying to charm girls. Like, how old am I? Charm? <laughs> Flirting. <laughs> wow. It's all that until Tamsin starts to feel weird and she starts to see things and also she starts to act weird, you know, like kind of like wanting to bite like ah. <laughs> so I'm thinking here, this can't be just alcohol, can it? So that ruins the party and everyone gets back to the beach house. And it's nice to see that there are groups who take care of these teenagers, giving them a ride home and oh, of course, you can find them on social media. Anyway, it's all fun until things get weird. Again, it can't just be alcohol, right? Things get really weird. The film stars Nicole Fortain, Shalima Mkongi, David Viviers, Jane David, Sithim Mkwazana, Tristan Beer, and a face I always like to see because his acting is just so compelling, Carl Now. In this film though, I mean that accent dude. <laughs> and of course one of SA's acting legends, Miss Lida Bueta. I must say this was kind of scary. And it's expected when you're on holiday and you're basically far from everyone else, far from everything else, with only a little shop in town where you can get food. Seriously guys, did you not prepare to survive amidst all the partying? Survive food-wise, that is. Watching this, you're not exactly sure what is happening. Is it a psychological horror? Is it... I don't know, like... Are you seeing things? Or is this town just plain creepy and what you're seeing is actually real? I think that's the point of the film because these characters feel the exact same way. And then they're picked off one by one still not knowing what's happening. I think the only thing that bothered me were some of the lines, you know? Like, you know how someone always has the last say? Or they're just speaking to say something? It's sort of like they had punchlines that were poorly placed or the punchlines were things that we've heard before and you know something that you as an audience member would usually think in you know if you see something except that the character says it out loud and it just feels odd because no one within the story reacts to it. It's a good production though. I think out of the three this one was my favorite in terms of cinematography and you know the art direction of it, the shots that they used and the effects and the directing of it was just, it was artistic but also natural enough to make you feel close to what you're seeing and what they're experiencing because it seems so realistic. Parable does that as well. The difference is that you can tell when what you're seeing is not real. Parable is about a girl, Esther. She's also played by Jane DeVette. So she is sent to conversion therapy, only it's an exorcism with a famous preacher who blackmails and manipulates you with, oh I'm doing God's work, this is why I'm here, only I can help you. Uh, 
culty much. So there's this group of kids who live at an estate in which the preacher happens to be holding this girl. Jay Tatsuayo plays Casper, who has these vivid, beautiful, neon-colored dreams where he meets this peculiar girl. He cannot really tell whether she's just, you know, his consciousness coming to haunt him because of the things he's done in his life, or if he's just plain tripping. Um, his friends aren't really helping with figuring that out. There are actually interconnected things in this book. There are separate events, but they're tied because they deal with toxic masculinity, gender, culty in a way, but the culty element doesn't come from, you know, the person who you expect. So this one is familiar in that when you see the preacher, Reverend Day, when you see him, you'll know exactly who was the inspiration. It's actually funny. It's more of a comedic film than scary or uneasy as how Rage and Bindi Bindi will make you feel. Parable is a story that teaches you a lesson, right? So this film is that, but in the form of these shenanigans that take place at this estate. It goes from light to dark, but still you keep laughing at some of the things that happen. I don't know how this cast managed to do these scenes without laughing. I mean, Michael Richard as Reverend Day. I always wonder that when I'm watching these films, but I've read that if horrors are meant to be extremely scary or disturbing, then the actors need to be like... They need to be broken out of that environment, making things lighter on set because some of them that because some of them take that uneasiness home. Speaking of uneasiness, Pinky Pinky. Pinky Pinky terrified me when I was younger. There was this school I used to drive by on my way to my school, and it seemed abandoned because some of the windows were broken, and by the time that I passed, I was too early for the kids to already be there because my school was further away from where I lived at the time. So we had a transport and the kids in the transport, we told each other these stories. We'd speak about Pinky Pinky in the bathroom. So I associated that school with Pinky Pinky and it creeped me out to even drive by it because I thought, how lucky am I to not be in that school? Pfft. Was I not scared to go to the bathrooms of my school alone? I didn't want to meet this half-man, half-woman, half-human, half-crocodile person. Not only do I have to deal with that, but our school has its own ghost, so I have to avoid her as well. So you can understand, I went into watching this film with an idea of the titular character. The thing that haunted our childhood. And the film begins with the witch situation. Already I'm like, nope, I'll watch this during the day. So I did. Nomzama transfers to a boarding school for girls who knows where. I missed that part. But already you can see that this, you know, there's something that she's running away from. Her uncle is just, ugh. I'd also go. I don't know why, but I'd also feel uncomfortable because there's a way in which he looks at the mom with love and sincerity. And one look at her is just, nah, dude, it's fine, just go. But also the girl just lost her sister, so I don't know, maybe escaping from that environment will help her cope. She gets to the school. The matron is strict. There is a tragedy that happened there to which all the girls in the school have theories about. Of course there is a main group. A group of mean girls. I don't like seeing such groups on our productions, because it's not exactly something that I can relate to. And it feels odd. like. Are there people like that in South African schools? 
I don't think I've encountered a group of mean girls. And if it is a group of mean girls, they're not at the top of the food chain. The popular, popular kids don't have time for such. They'd rather be nice. Everyone likes them, including the teachers. They get the prefect thing. But low-key, they still exclude you if you're not one of them. If anything, I've encountered mean guys, like deliberately being mean, like doing that. But that's just me and how my high school experience was. I'm not devaluating anyone's experiences. Starring Zazi Kunene as Nomza Motoko Ntinga as the matron and Tandanani Mwabe as Pinky Pinky. The film wasn't exactly great in terms of who we came to see. I will say that the origins of the story behind Pinky Pinky, this monster that we grew up uh, with, differ. I thought it had something to do with someone acting very inappropriately around you, and that's linked to the bathroom. So that idea and the storyline of this film made sense to me in that way. And if so, the Pinky Pinky monster part of him actually being a monster throughout the entire thing wasn't really fulfilling to me. How the story builds up is great. But the last part, the ending made no sense to me because I'm back at Pila Pila, what is Pinky Pinky? What happens to his victims? I have so many questions, I still don't know. What I do like is that they use the theories that I've heard before within the film. That's it. But the conclusion and the questions are never answered for me. But they're chilling parts on the psychological side of it. You know, it's an okay film, but... Um, I imagine, you know, how adventurous they would have gone if they had 75 men, if they had 75 million rand to spare to make costumes, to, you know, to make the entire film. The effects would have been definitely better. And the costume, I think it could have been scarier. But I realized that the presence of Pinky Pinky is the frightening part of the whole thing. He's not overly, like, he's not scary looking, but you're more terrified because he's in front of you. So yeah, all of them have a different feel, but for some reason, I like Parable more. Maybe because it's not extremely dark like the other two, and I just generally enjoyed watching it. What do you think? Hashtag the audience perspective on Twitter. What other South African horrors can you recommend? I hear 8, Simbamba... Yeah. Do the things there. (laughs) Let's talk. We are wrapping... Thank you for engaging with this week's episode. Thank you so much for the feedback. Constructive criticism is like water. It helps us grow and we are certainly helping each other there. I want to say thank you to Z for joining us today. We can talk for hours which felt like we did but I'm very happy about that. Remember to check out Safe House Initiative on Instagram. If you ever need someone to talk to or you need help or you want to educate yourself and lend a hand, feel free to contact them. All the details as usual will be in the description. From my side, I'm at Ray on Twitter, at Elisil underscore SA on Instagram. Please like, share, comment and rate on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate every one of you. Take care of yourself, Seeds.